The Puritan's Guide to Fall Songs Guide. In my headphones, it sounds like fucking dead the Smurfs. <laughs> it doesn't sound anything like the track of Earth. It's not like... It's like ridiculous. Tonight's song is... Oh, and plus it makes fun of uh, Pearl Jam and Sean Ryder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Okay, so it's going. All right. All right. So, uh, hello, everybody. Our um, next song. Uh, it's Hey, Student, um, as it's said. Uh, hey, so, exclamation point, student. Yeah. So uh, it's released uh, as a B-side of 15 Ways, uh, the single April 18th, 1994, subsequently released on Middle Class Revolt, the album. <laughs> uh, kind of like the movie. Um, <laughs> on May 3rd, 1994, which is really weird. Like, that's a really <laughs> quick turnaround. I thought that was kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Um, I guess in the 90s, who would have that have been? That would have been... What what label would that have been? They were on Matador here at oh. that time. I don't know if it was on this... I don't know if 15 Ways came out on Matador I know. Here. I think it was... Yeah. That might have been the... Uh, Oh, permanent okay. records? So yeah, it was it was Cog Sinister Permanent. Okay. In the UK. And then yeah, the, the yeah, it says uh Matador released it as a seven inch Oh, on May second, nineteen ninety four. So there you go. The um, day before. Yeah, the day before the, that's that doesn't make any sense. Matador is fucking up. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh one of the one of the main reasons I want to talk about this uh, was just like it had been a like song actually started out. I thought it was called Hey Fascist in the beginning, but no, it was called Hey Student in the beginning. Then it got changed oh, to Hey Fascist. Oh, I didn't know that. But it had been around since ni- since early, early fall, like 1977. So uh, it started out Hey Student, became Hey Fascist, then got picked back up in around 93. Um, Basically, it's a rant on students. There was a, uh, I can't remember if it was Annotated Fall or the Fall Tracks site where they were talking about how in 93, Mark um, was talking uh, in an in an interview about like how there were tons of people, like there were lots of British older people, older Brits going mm-hmm. back to school, which is kind of funny because like, I know I went back to school and dropped out and then went back like a few years later but so it wasn't like in my 30s or anything that was me yeah basically <laughs> so um so so he's probably yelling at us from the grave i don't know so um <laughs> but so uh so but mark was talking about how like uh there were a bunch of people in in britain going back to school and that's how they were keeping like the unemployment rates down like like oh, they were they were unemployed, so they're going back to school to get better jobs, and so like that knocks down the un- unemployment rate because they're students now; they're not right. working. So I thought that was interesting because that's been going on since the '90s, basically. <laughs> Every well, I guess there's that little time period towards the end of the '90s before all bubbles burst yeah. in America, where like some people were you know able to have jobs and not go back to school. So yeah. Anyway, but still, still going on. Um, <laughs> anyway, so Hey Student, you know, it started out as like Hey Student, and basically it's just a rant, Mark yelling at 
students at, for ruining rock and roll. Because there was another thing that has been mentioned a few times where it's like he talks about like how prog rockers like middle class students ruined rock and roll in the 70s. <laughs> and he specifically mentions like Robert Wyatt and, and those the soft machine. At oh, some sure. Point. Which is weird because he, you know, he like liked the soft I mean he had to have a soft machine thing going on and like he he was into some prog stuff they right? did a like they covered a Henry Cow yeah Vandergraaf generator yeah, like that know, kind of shit like they, they he he was yeah he was just yeah being a surly he's surly probably, old mark he was probably a, a you know closet yes fan we mentioned yes in the other episode right he was right probably a closet yes oh, fan. I, oh definitely at least the early stuff yeah Bruford era yeah um, Go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 no. Please continue. Oh, I was just going to keep going. Like when it got changed over to Hey Fascist, a lot of the lyrics stayed the same. <laughs> and they are even the kind of the same when they finally recorded in the 90s where there's a thing about like swastika shaped swimming pools or something yeah. like that within the lyrics. So uh, like apparently the, the, the lyrics kind of stayed the same throughout. It's just that the people that Mark was yelling at the names of them changed or something. Yeah. So yeah. It changed from student to fascist to student again. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think I read somewhere where like he had said, uh, Oh, it became, it became a, uh, you know, a big deal to, to make fun of students at, in around 77 or 78. Like it became chic to make fun of students all of a sudden. So that's why they changed it to fascist. Oh, or something. okay. So because nobody wants to be a fascist, or at least it's it's such a call un- themselves that. But. Yeah, it's it's not anymore this unique to the world, or at least to the U.S. But like at the time, or at least in Manchester, it seems like that's a very unique sort of uh, insult to toss at someone. Yeah, because you know the other big Mancunians, the Gallagher brothers from Oasis, like that's what that's the sort of criticism they leveled to critics. And people who, you know, were overthinking their band's music. <laughs> right. Fucked students, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, and, but I see this reflected nowadays where, like, higher education is being looked down upon, or at least this is that's the place where, you know, liberal thought and free speech gets stifled and blah, 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 you know? Right. Come or the fuck on. Whatever, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it seems, it's, yeah, it seems like a meathead sort of way. Well, you know. It's a working class based exactly. head sort of way of like uh, denigrating that sort of thing. Yeah. And it, and it kind of always has been. So I don't know. I mean, you know, whatever. Personally, I, I don't buy into that. But yeah. No, I don't either. <laughs> and it's weird to, 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 to hear Marky e. Smith giving into that. I mean, it must be like a particular subset of students because he was not a dumb man. Sure, I think he aligned himself more with the working class folk yeah. of Manchester, but he wasn't a stupid guy. And, you know, he was very well read and could, you know, very well versed in a lot of subjects. So like, you know, why are we making fun of people trying to learn things, Mark? It's I a little know. weird. And I, I, we've probably talked about this lots. <laughs> just because he is he does align himself with the working class but he's also an autodidact yeah. and you know is obviously reading a lot but maybe he just couldn't afford to go to school right although at that time it was kind of like uh paid for by the yeah. by the state so Public i don't universities and whatnot yeah, yeah, yeah i don't know it's it's a little hard for me to understand yeah. All of that, but hey, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> so the uh, the the prog rock connection that we were talking about here a little bit, it reminded me of um, going to the um, 
the pop conference that happens every year in Seattle at the what was the Experience Music Project, oh, yeah, now yeah. sort of the Museum of Pop Culture, I think is what it's called now. Uh. Um, so a couple years ago when I went, I, I listened to a paper by Tom Ewing, who's a big uh, British music writer mm-hmm. and thinker. And he was writing about the, uh, the influence of uh, boarding schools on the music scene in England, oh. especially with prog rock was yeah. a big place because that's where Genesis was born. Yeah, was in exactly. Particular boarding school. A lot, a lot of those guys were like middle to upper yeah, middle class. So. Exactly. Uh, and so he was talking about his experiences in boarding school and how there was like sort of the house uh, stereo system that the upper the guys sort of like leading the house like they had control over it mm-hmm. like you had to sort of basically like you know earn your way into being able to put records on this thing to play for everybody but he said at the time that he was in boarding school the record that they would insist on playing was the uh, Alice's Restaurant by Arlo Guthrie <laughs> really yeah like at a time, and you know, he well, he's kind of fucking yeah, <laughs> he tied it into uh, the school that he went to, like someone booking Throbbing Gristle to oh. play at this boarding school, like oh, okay. one of their more infamous performances of playing for a bunch <laughs> of students, you know. And uh, yeah, huh? So I think there's something to be said for the student lifestyle. I don't know oh, what but, the fuck you're talking about, Mark, but yeah, but yeah. again, the the bands that he's making fun of, which we'll get into now, I guess. Yeah, I've I've been a <laughs> I've been a student many times in my life. Same here. <laughs> so, you know, whatever. I, I always had fun. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I do like um, this version because there's at least a couple of digs from the early 90s that uh, I thought were pretty funny. Yeah. One being Pearl Jam. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, uh, as you, the, the, the lyric is... Uh, uh, Long hair down and sneakers... Oh, okay. When walking down the street, it's always you I seem to meet. Long hair down and sneakers on your feet. As you listen to Pearl Jam in your room, I pick up a knife and I sing this song. And then that's where the chorus comes in. Or or the refrain of, hey, student. Hey, student. Yeah. So... Uh, Am I the only person that when he sings something like, when walking down the street, it's always you I meet, I think of uh, Cool Jerk? It is, yeah. No, that is that's pretty interesting. Yeah, and it so there's lots of elements in this song that sound like other songs. Yeah, and I I could never put my finger on exactly what it was. Yeah, and I think that's likely you know uh, deliberate on his part. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah I but, think what I wrote. Well, what I wrote for the music was that it was a stayed fifty ish like rave up. Yeah, like, it was. Exactly. It, you know, I mean, it's definitely of a, of. The time of the fall, right? But, right. But uh, but yeah. So yeah. mention the other one though. You're gonna mention the other. Oh, Sean Ryder. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah. Sean, Sean Ryder, the Happy Mondays. Yeah. yeah. So as you stare in your room at Sean Ryder's face down long, 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 long days, which apparently is a thing that he used to say a lot whenever yeah. whenever they'd play shows. And like he was, we're the fall from long, long days or something like that. Yeah. Um, but but uh, back to Peels. So let me get. So yeah. Um, on the Peel version of this song, he uh, he says, as you listen to Pearl Jam in your Videodrome, which I thought was pretty good because Videodrome <laughs> being the uh, the movie by David Cronenberg, right? <laughs> um, and then the Sean Ryder one during the peels on the peel session, he uh, says, "As you masturbate with your Sean Ryder phase," <laughs> <laughs> which is 
pretty hilarious. I, you know, uh, and good. That's just a good one. That is really great. Um, and I think I've complained about. I know I've complained about Sean Ryder. I think it was when I was talking to my friend Brent about his song, and he picked some really obscure mid '90s song, and we were talking about Sean Ryder, and yeah. I was just like, "Yeah, I think I said something to the effect of like Sean Ryder is what a dumb person thinks Marky Smith sounds like, or something. Or if not, that's what I Take think. That Tony Wilson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so, so it's 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 just funny to me that he like makes fun of Sean Ryder in this song because yeah, I never liked Happy Mondays all that much, but you know, I was I was never. Like I, I, they were fine. I liked that. I get it. Yeah, that genre of music that e loving. I like that. Yeah. That's fine. The Madchester scene. Yeah, I, that's you know, fine. It's just yeah. Like his lyrics were dumb as hell. Oh, they were. They're really stupid. It's <laughs> yeah. like, that's how I feel about LCD sound system. Oh god, like, I think yeah. people reading his... the profundity into that guy's lyrics just need to have their head checked a little bit because yeah. I mean, I think of like one or two songs where I'm like, yeah, okay, he's kind of saying something there. But the rest of them are just like, oh, this is going to sound cool. And right. writes it down. And it's like, you know, if they, if better lyricists could make those songs 20 times better. And I feel that way about a lot of Happy Monday stuff. And I would never, but the thing is, is, I would never decry anyone saying what you do that they didn't get into it. I mean, I had my period with the band. I had my Sean Ryder phase. Right, right. But, um, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's so hilarious to me that, like him making fun of Sean Ryder or knowing who the hell Sean Ryder was makes sense because they're both in the same part of the Yeah, part they're of England, both from you know? Manchester, around Manchester. Well, they basically. had to have crossed paths. Like, God knows, Happy Mondays may have opened up for the fall at some point. Yeah. I have a, I think I might still have a bootleg of Pulp opening for fall, the fall. Like, oh, really? Way back when they were sort of early, like right before they kind of broke out. But interesting. Anyway. Um, <laughs> But him knowing who Pearl Jam is. I mean, obviously, at the time that this song was recorded, and, you know, 92, 93, you know, Pearl Jam is kind of an unavoidable yeah, reference point. At that point. Especially, I think, even probably bigger in England at that point than the U.S. Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually. Maybe. Because yeah. I was going to say, I think I saw him in 92, and that was at, uh, basically, it was called Day on the Hill. It was at KU and the... Oh, Yeah. So they have like a, it was just a big open concert and it just so happened that they became huge. Right. Before they got paid or, you know, got booked and then they got huge and then there was a bunch of frat boys there to see Pearl Jam, I remember. Wow. And yeah. And like I got kicked in the face by a frat boy who was surfing. So I was like 18 or 19 and like fucking got a nosebleed. And it was the weird, because I had been to like shows at this punk club called The Outhouse, Uh which is a pretty famous uh cinder block building in the totally. middle of a cornfield yeah uh which there's a uh documentary about it and i need to watch that so if i watch it i'll i'll invite you over please because yeah it's it, uh i keep meaning to do that anyway um so yeah that's what i remember pearl jam from and like it was my first year in college that was like 92 yeah uh the end of or yeah, that was the spring semester. Um, so yeah, I guess at that point they would have been probably they would have been right on the heading towards their start superstar. Yeah, basically, I was still in high school at that point, and <clears throat> yeah, I remember. I, I, you know, it's it's funny to think of now that that I was a a big fall fan and a big into a lot of other sort of. Uh, Obscure, more obscure alt rock bands, if you want uh-huh. to call them that. That's yeah, what yeah. we sort of 
put him under the sort of the college rock umbrella. Yeah, that was the name for him. Yeah, Yeah. big like fall fan, big Sonic Youth fan. Uh, But then like I bought into the whole like alternative nation. Right, right. shit and was like you know buying all the Soundgarden and Pearl Jam records and some great stuff came out of that I, I yeah. will admit and then you know I still listen to Nirvana every now and again but you know I listen to that stuff now and I was like oh like this is just like metal music dumbed down yeah like, like sort of you know uh, Black Sabbath and Iron totally. Maiden kind of dumbed down for people and it's Fine. I always think of Soundgarden as my way of keeping my love of Black Sabbath alive when <laughs> yeah. I was in high school. So, you know. Yeah. Eh. And I had, you know, I, I think if I had, I, I never try to think of like anyone listening to any type of music or band as embarrassing. But I had an embarrassing Red Hot Chili Peppers face that I'm not proud of at all. That I, 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 I'll yeah. never live down. I listened to Sonic Youth and the Red Hot Chili Peppers I when too. I was in high school. Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm a little bit older, so like. Uh, so I liked like Soundgarden and Red Hot Chili Peppers and yeah. all that stuff, and it was before they got huge. Oh yeah, but but it was still the same. I'm not saying like oh it was way different then because it was still like they were still part of a big machine. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, they were still heading to what they did, which I didn't realize until a few years later. And when you're like, oh right, yeah, you know, and then yeah. But I, you know, getting back to this thing of like why he would be referencing Pearl Jam over right, other right. groups. I mean, maybe it was just like the being able to say Pearl Jam or whatever, right. just like rhythmically as he's singing, singing this. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I wonder about that because you know England was always the always the place that made. That like caught on to a lot of great American bands before Americans did. Right. You know, they Definitely. you know, they were huge Pixies fans before the Pixies became a thing here. Yeah. Um, I mean Mudhoney's not still a thing here, but Mudhoney was a pretty big band for a while over there in England. Oh, they were huge. Yeah. Like they were the first like grunge. Yeah. Like they were the first sub pop band to make it big in England. Yeah. And, and then it, and they it was, like took Nirvana over there. I yeah, think, they did. The first time. Yeah. yeah, and it was it was a big deal like having Nirvana headline the Reading Festival when they did in like oh, 92, yeah. 93. I mean that was like you know, it wasn't unheard of, but it was like the strangest thing. Like these three dudes and they don't have like a big <laughs> elaborate stage thing. They're just up there playing and you know, right. and doing a great job. And so, yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> maybe I shouldn't be surprised, but Pearl Jam is just a funny choice for him of just like connecting that band with being. You know, for these long-haired students that he was looking down his nose at. Yeah, and maybe, maybe that is what all those fuckers were listening to. Then, <laughs> you know, I don't know. All those Mancunian. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that was like everybody was very uh, uptight and sad during those years <laughs> or whatever. Did John Peel ever play Pearl Jam on his show? Oh, that's what I want to know. Well, I'll, I'll, we're gonna have to look that up later. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he did. If I remember, I'll try to put that <laughs> in the in the notes. But, I don't uh, think he did, but I might be wrong. I can't because I mean they never recorded a Peel session. Nirvana yeah. and Mudhoney did. Screaming Trees did. Yeah, I knew personally Screaming Trees. I still listen to a lot oh, more. I think I Screaming Trees are one of the greatest bands around. Are you yeah, kidding yeah. me? Their SST era stuff. Oh yeah, so good. At least they were. Yeah, at least they, they were SST. Oh, remind me to tell you something about SST and a podcast. Uh, in our, afterwards, in or our, actually, fuck it. I'll, I'll in our other podcast. Yeah. No. So <laughs> there's a podcast I've been listening. Dark. There's a podcast I've been listening to. Uh-huh. It's two Canadian guys, and they're going through each SST album. Oh wow. Yeah. So I'll I'll hip you to that dude later. Right on, man. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I've been going through. 
needing to listen to old Minutemen and Mud or not Mud Honey, uh, Meat Puppets albums. Yeah. So I've been doing that all week. Nice. So there you go. Um, anyway, what were we talking about? Oh yeah. <laughs> Screaming Trees. They had just gotten to a Screaming Trees, the first Screaming Trees album that was on SST. Oh, That's nice. Why. Um. Anyway, yeah, sorry. We're so we're, yeah. Sorry, we we went off. We're the students. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it, what? So basically, I just you know, I find this song interesting because it's pretty hilarious. Uh, also, you know, it's it's a Mark rant where like he's being <laughs> ranting his anti-intellectualism <laughs> for a guy who's. Also trying to point out how intellectual he is half yeah. the time, and it's just what like, a contradiction! He's the, the, yeah, the guy is a huge contradiction, and I don't think you know that that really shines through. I believe in this time period and also yeah. this song, but also because it was like a song that was from almost twenty years earlier, and then they bring it back uh, yeah. in the nineties, and he goes with the student rant again. Um, and like I said, there's a bunch of like Nazi <laughs> swastika swimming pools and stuff, uh, still in the lyrics left over. So a lot of, and the lyrics themselves aren't all that wonderful, even if they are funny in yeah, some sort of way. Yeah, it's true. But they're, they're really repetitive. I mean, the whole song is really repetitive. Um, I don't know. What, I, a false song being repetitive? Yeah, I know. It's weird. I, and I, I thought of how stupid that was after I said it. <laughs> I mean in a bad way. No, not no, no. I repetition, got Repetition, repetition, repetition. I'm in cur- a holy shit, just cut it off two minutes of this song yeah. and it'll be better. I'm uh, curious wait. about um the reference to Leon C. Oh. Which is a I mean, it sounds great to say, which yeah, I'm sure yeah. is part of the reason he chose that, but as well, like why that town? I don't know. You know, because you know, I I've looked up that town uh, on the internet and like i you know it's a it's a seaside town it's i don't know was that like the big like sort of spot that people move to after they start making it after they like sort of make their middle oh, class you think so living yeah, and like be. all the idiots moving to our hometown right <laughs> yeah could be you know could be like one of those things where it's like well yeah i mean i view the, the thing that the, the Two things to save this song. One is I can understand ranting about people moving to or getting in your way on the sidewalk or whatever. And two, the, the hilarious Pearl Jam Sean Ryder disses. But yeah. um, so you know, I, I will say the, the, that does save the song. But I don't know, like Leon C. Uh, I have no idea. Like it, it is in Essex, right, Southern England. Yeah. So yeah, it is kind of. It would be down in that area, right? So like London, but is it? Is it like Shishi suburb of it, London or something? That's the thing. You look at it, it doesn't seem like that. It just seems like a like a vacation spot where people are like, well, let's go to the beach. Oh, we'll go oh. to we'll go to Leon C for the day. But it makes it sound like, you know, they want like people are like moving there as like to retire or something. And maybe that's what it is. But yeah, yeah it's just a, it's an interesting choice for for him. Right. There, I don't know if it's something very specific of like some somebody that he knows. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, uh, right, right. And it could very well be. And the line before that, where he talks about uh, the brains of uh, class A through D, apparently is some um, national readership survey demographic right. classifications. <laughs> so it goes, it's like A, B, C1, C2, and D. So it's like upper middle class is A, B is middle class, then you've got lower middle class, skilled working class. That's C1 and C2, and then D is just 
working class, which is semi and unskilled manual uh, workers. Yeah. So that's that's really interesting. Um, I and apparently he brings this up in middle. Yeah, it shows up in the song, I believe, "Middle Class Revolt" too. Mm. Um, the A through D classifications. It's such an interesting thing, like how for him, how obsessed he was in his weird way about class and the class structures of England. Yeah. Well, and he's always saying, like, oh, you know, workers love the fall. They want to just come see the fall. And it's like, "Mm, I think the students you're complaining about come see you yeah. more often. Those but, are the you long know. hairs in your, in your audience there, bub. <laughs> you may not notice them because you're too whacked out of your head on speed. <laughs> right. Ranting into a microphone. Right, right. Because <laughs> you haven't, yeah, because you're still backstage getting zonked and like you just come out and you're not even looking at them. You're just reading lyrics off of yeah. the street now. <laughs> so yeah, who knows? But, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I have heard a bunch of fall bootlegs and I've seen them a few times and I don't remember him interacting with the audience one bit unless it was like someone being really aggressive. Uh-huh. It's usually him just sort of looking down at his feet or looking at the band and fucking with their equipment or something, you know? Right, right. Um, so I don't know if he ever like, yeah, so it's not like, yeah, I don't think he would even pay attention to who's going to see the fall. At that yeah, point, yeah, probably not. I, I guess maybe I should say this if I haven't before. I never did see the fall. Oh, really? I feel kind of bad. But I was also like, I don't know. They didn't make it to Kansas City yeah. as far as I know very often. Like, I I saw them uh, I saw them once in the 90s when they were touring the infotainment scan. Uh-huh. Um, so they had like some matador push behind them. So they were doing a big tour. And or it might have been, well... I don't know if it was. It was around that era because it was the era that Bricks came back to the band oh, right. for a bit. And so she was on that tour. Uh-huh. And I didn't realize until much later that that's who that was that I oh. saw on stage. And I was like, well, that's because they the very last song they played was L.A. And he just, Marky e. Smith just left the stage. Oh, really? And the rest <laughs> of the band played it. And she's singing the song. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Well, that's really funny he did that, huh? And I was like, I realized, oh, he didn't even need to be there at all. Right, right. It's not oh. one of his songs. But... Weird. I remember it was also like the Dave Bush era, so there was like there was a lot of like the sort of house electronic stuff going on in the oh, song. Right. So right, right. And then I saw him a couple more times. They played at Burbati's a couple of times here in the oh, yeah. uh, early aughts uh-huh. or something. And uh, this is more on like the you know the sort of meathead rock era of the band, which was you know not the best, but whatever. It's seeing the fall live. They didn't do any. They barely played any like older material. Sure. Like, oh know, right. Apart from like their old covers, they just wanted to play their. <laughs> oh right theme from Sparta FC and yeah, you know, yeah yeah exactly well that makes sense and they must have played here while we were living here uh, when Melissa and I oh, yeah, came yeah, yeah. here um, but yeah that was I've I missed a lot of shows in that period because I was broke as hell yeah. so yeah just yeah like, eh, gonna go right. yeah it was before I moved like the first time I saw him was before I lived here I like drove to town to see him oh right right dragged a friend of mine with me who was not happy about that <laughs> <laughs> Well, I apologize for that. Uh, I, I, I apologize to yeah. the friend whose name I can't think of right now. I, <laughs> I realized it took you to a bunch of shows you didn't enjoy, but you were sorry, uh, Bob's friend. You were a sport to come with me. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. So there we go. Hey, students. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anything else? I, I don't. I mean, like I said, it's we've pretty much covered everything we wanted to. I, I mainly wanted to throw this in, kind of like bringing up. Uh, you know, I'm into CB, and he throws in a, a reference to one of their earlier songs, New yeah. Face in Hell. 
he also like the he's always doing this kind of shit like where yeah. he'll like there's bootlegs of him using lyrics for one song that end up in another song right several years later so I just thought that was interesting and, and kind of uh, a fun way to look at things. Yeah, so. I think so, too. I think it, he, yeah. Although we should leave that up to the listeners. It might not have been fun. Very I don't know. We yeah. think it's fun. I don't know how you feel about Fuck it. Fuck you people. guys. We, <laughs> we thought it was great fun. I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I want to listen a little more closely to like later bootlegs and the later albums to see if he was... Like getting some of that more self-referential stuff into those songs. Ooh, yeah, that's a good question. Because I don't, I don't remember. Like I, I, I know I reviewed one of them for a place. I think it, m- it might have been New Facts Emerge, one of the last ones that they did. Uh huh. Um, and all I remember mentioning in that one, I might have just spilled coffee on the floor. <laughs> um, uh, one of the things that I, the only thing I really got stuck on was just like how fucking wrecked his voice was by that point yeah yeah but to the point where he was just making a lot of like these strange like almost throaty animal sounds and i was kind of amused by that i'm like well that that sort of fits in with like the the paintwork era stuff where he's like kind of fucking with the formula there no i definitely i definitely thought that too when i was listening to those because i had cut you know i'd left off for a while yeah yeah and then like one of them came out it was like not the penultimate one, but maybe like the third to last one. Okay. Airsats GB or something yeah, like yeah. that. Um, and yeah, that, that whole album is like him. Going, and you're just like, what the f-? Yeah. But, but in the review, they were talking about how, you know, it was pretty amusing. And so I was like, yeah. all right. So I knew going in, but yeah, I, I got back into him, into the, that album. Yeah. And kind of caught up on some things, but yeah, it was just kind of, that's the same thing where it was just yeah. like amusing as all hell. So yeah. yeah, I don't know what he was doing. Yeah. Him. I, you know, but that, that's why this song is interesting because if we're talking about like it did start back in the seventies and sort of evolved into this song that he recorded yeah. in the nineties. And I, you know, I, I don't feel like he did a, he didn't do, did he do a lot of that self-referential stuff? Because you know, we mentioned you know he mentioned New Face and Hell. Yeah, we've talked about this before, and I don't. Well, I think what we discussed before was like what other bands have done this, right? Um, but I don't know. It it always it, seems like he's always doing something though. Yeah, like, he like he might not um, purposely make it, or he might not make it like really. In your face, deliberate sort yeah, of, you know, like it's throwing, not, it's not you know, transparent, really. Throwing "She it, Loves You" into "All You Need to Love" or something right, like you that. Know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it's not Beatles level shit, but he's like throwing some lines or something from one song into another. Right. And I think that's probably mostly that what happened, like radio sessions or live shows, where he was doing a lot more of that. Where the recordings, I think, maybe were a little more, yeah, a little more of the moment, and. But he always, I don't know, but he always just seemed to me like just the person that just wanted to keep moving forward with right. his projects, come hell or high water, just because he's like, you know, and I, yeah, he's, this is, this is what his thing was. True. This is his outlet. Yeah. True with that too. Um, and I, and I also think, uh, I mean, he had that, he had like a big bag of pieces of paper that he wrote a bunch of shit on. Yeah. And so if he's doing a few peel sessions, the band already has a new song, but he hasn't written anything for it so he's just pulling pieces of paper out and then two years later he pulls the same piece of paper out when they're in <laughs> right. this recording studio or you know it could be just yeah. as simple as that yeah um, or you know it, it, who knows what the happy accidents and 
him like actually sitting down and yeah. thinking about stuff, maybe he's like, oh, well, I should throw this in here now. Yeah. Or whatever. Or if, or if it's like one of those situations like a comedian accidentally telling a joke or making reference to right. a joke that someone else made that he didn't realize like, oh, I did say that 15 years ago? Right. Oh, weird. And there's I thought that, it seemed familiar. And there's that too. Like it, it could, like a, yeah, that's what I meant by like, it's either happy accident where he's like, right, oh shit, right. I've already used that. Or like, fuck it. I'm going to say this because it popped into my head. Yeah. Oh, God, that's a, you know, yeah. whatever song, you know, is, or I can Tina Turner song, or whatever, you yeah. know, like. Or it's he, a happy accident, but I'm going to make it, I'm just going to say it's deliberate. Someone pointed this that, out to me and I'm just going to be like, oh, no, I meant to do that. Yeah, this and, is totally postmodern thing. And then there's that thing. as well, where I'm sure he, <laughs> like with everything, I'm sure he was doing that a lot. Yeah. This kind of shit where he, he wants to sound really pissed off at students, but, you know, you know, the, back to that whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Anti-intellectual intellectualism. Yeah, so there you go. All right. Good? Good. Good. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks very much.